Good morning and welcome to January 27th, 2020. This is Monday morning on When I Rise, and we are in year A in the fourth Sunday after Epiphany, uh, the first season in the new year in the life of the church. And on Monday mornings here at When I Rise, we like to tackle the Old Testament text for the week. Now, the official Old Testament text is Micah 6, 1 through 8. But since I just covered that not just a couple of weeks ago, there's also an alternative text that one can use on uh, this week. So we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. The story of the prophet Elijah as he wanders outside of bounds uh, into the foreign nations. And we'll read that passage. I'll provide a couple points of reflection. Then we'll pray along the theme of the passage this morning. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise to meet God together in prayer. First Kings 17, verses 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from whom you have, from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. This is the word of God for us. Let me offer a couple points of reflection uh, on First uh, Kings chapter 17. This is, of course, about the middle part of the way of the story of the prophet Elijah, who was a cantankerous human being in the nation of Israel. Uh, at this point, Ahab, as king of Israel, had led the people astray to worship false gods, mainly because of his partnership and with his uh, wife Jezebel in tow, who uh, led them towards the worship of Baal and Asherah. And uh, so there's a, a great uh, drought in the land. Uh, Elijah basically had the word of the Lord. He said that he was going to shut up the heavens until it would not rain, until the nation repented. And so the effects of this famine have uh, began to push not just to the nation of Israel, but to even to the surrounding nations. And so Elijah's in hiding and he needs provisions. So he goes to a foreign nation, the region of Sidon, where the Baal worship is at its epicenter. And uh, since he's a guest and since hospitality is a key feature to this part of the world, it was not an unkind thing for him to ask for some provision. But notice he's just asking for a glass of water and a little bit of bread. Uh, Elijah knows of the far-reaching effects of this famine. Usually if someone were to show up to a household, they would have a glass of wine, perhaps maybe some uh, better food. But uh, those days had passed. It was a, a depressing part and a depressing era 
of their civilization. And so Elijah just asks for water. And she does so, but she uh, tells Elijah that uh, she doesn't have much left and she's going to go home and make one last meal for, for her and for her son and then they're going to die. And so this is an interesting part of the story. And one I think that it's important for us to consider. Um, Elijah is a, he's an iconic person in na- the nation of Israel's history. He would have been a key f- uh, figure in the young uh, moral and religious development of teenagers um, among the Israelite communities. Um, it's because of his zeal for the Lord that he was probably lifted up and praised among all other people from their history. And so it's important, I think, that, that this story is in here because it gives a bit of a balance um, to the story. Sure, it's one thing to aspire to be somebody great like Elijah, but also know um, of the ramifications of this type of work. It's not easy work. It's challenging work. It, it's a work that uh, gouges uh, to do the work of God. Uh, people are put into sometimes uh, desperate situations, and even you may have to be on the, the run, and you might have to rely upon unique resources for your nourishment. This would have been a strange story to be in uh, the Old Testament text, because here is the prophet of God relying upon an outsider's provision for his daily sustenance. And so th- this is why this lands in the midst of the season of Epiphany in the Christian calendars, because we, the Epiphany is a grand idea that um, God is allowing his salvation to extend to the other nations of the earth and not just his chosen people, Israel. And so here we have early in the story uh, this grand idea that God's prophet is being nourished and taken care of by those who are on the outside. And so this mutual respect, God's word uh, sustains the outsider and the outsider sustains the people of God. And so here we have this dividing wall between the Jews and the non-Jews beginning to erode as early even as the ministry of Elijah. That this is something that God's always been up to. So it's something that we need to assimilate into our picture of what it means to be the people of God We're going to extend further than we can ever have imagined. And uh, what we'll find is great kindness there and not rejection there. I think this is an important thing for us because we find ourselves so segmented and afraid of other people who are not like us around us. And one of the uh, critical pieces of the curriculum of godliness is to be uh, able to understand and to believe that God can do what he wants, including using outsiders to supply for our needs and to begin to awaken outsiders who are more eager to hear the word of the Lord than what we might have expected with our initial assessment of them. So let's spend some time helping uh, God, allowing God to help us to love our neighbors today, particularly those who are most not like us. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for a start of a work week, the start of a school week. We thank you for the potential that lies in front of us today and for this week. We thank you that there are things that we are expecting and things that we may not expect today. And so we ask that you would give us a great openness for the day ahead. And that may there be gratitude in our hearts for all that might come to us today. God, we thank you that you command us to love our neighbors, that this is at the heartbeat of what it means to be Christian, to be a follower of Christ. God, we understand that neighbors aren't just those who happen to have an address that's close to ours or those who live nearby or those who go to the same grocery store, but neighbors are those across the earth. Uh, Jesus' concern was not who is our neighbor, but who are we neighboring. 
And so we thank you that we have a vocation to neighbor people and to, to be good neighbors. And so God, today we confess to you that at times we struggle to neighbor those who are most not like us, those who have different ideologies, those who have different perspectives, those who have different experiences than ours, those who spend their money different ways than we do, those who um, lift up things higher uh, than what we lift up. And, and so God, this day we just understand that we need help to love those around us. And so we thank you that we can love you because you first loved us. And this is a sign that we're your people, that we love our brothers and sisters. And so God, this day I pray that you give us a great openness and would you allow us to have a transforming experience like Elijah. May we see a familiar face and a strange face. May we find provision in unlikely places. And may we find an eagerness for the gospel among those who we might assume would not be interested and eager to hear your ways. So God, we think that this is your world. You can do what you want. And so as we prepare to face this day and face this world that you love, that's yours, God, I pray that we would know your thoughts and know your ways and be eager to be your servants today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.